0: Hey everybody, welcome to the In Show. we got a fantastic program for us today. We have Jared C. Wilson in Kansas City, Missouri. We're talking about the significance of Christmas and that it is much bigger than you think. I think it's going to be a hopeful message and we pray it encourages you. Let's jump in. Welcome to The In Out Show! Andrew here. Listen, we got a fantastic program. We're continuing with the Christmas vibes, as you can tell by all the decor around me and maybe some random sparkles on my face that just always appear when I sit at this chair. Uh, We're still talking about Christmas, Christmas Christmas-themed episodes for this week and next week as well, but uh, we hope you're doing well. We have a great show today. We're talking about Christmas being significantly bigger than you think and why that is. But before we do that, first, want to remind you, if you can hit that subscribe button, hit the notification, it really helps with the algorithms, gets our message of hope and truth and life uh, to more eyeballs and more hearts, which we'd really appreciate. Also, if you're listening in Audio World, Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening, if you could just hit the rating, leave a comment, unless it's not good, then, uh, you know what, even leave a comment that's not good. I think that helps as well. Anyways, uh, we want to hear from you guys, but uh, that really helps us as we continue to bring truth and life to all of our listeners and viewers. Also, um, we want to remind you, go to the indelt store, indel.ca. We have sweaters, t-shirts, fancy mugs. Uh, these are great. This is specifically a great stocking stuffer, I would say. And so, oh, oh yeah, those are shards of uh, plastic. <laughs> we'll let you know about that in a, a little bit, but uh, we won't send you one with broken pieces uh. of plastic. Anyways, go to the in store, it'll be great. Um, and last thing I want to say quickly before I introduce my favorite Chris, uh, calendar year end is happening. We're trying to raise $45,000 by the end of this year, by December 31st. And so if you feel uh, led to be generous this year and to give, uh, we would really appreciate that in Our goal is $45,000. And I uh, just want to let you know, if you didn't know this for our pledge that we did a while ago of raising $5,000, uh, we got it and our generous supporter matched it. So our five turned into 10, which is amazing. And so we really appreciate your generosity, and we thank you for helping us keep all the extra lights on on our tree as well. But uh, Chris, my favorite Chris, how are you doing?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. We had our Christmas party this uh, last weekend. We did. And it was great. Yeah. And I realized I got to ma- meet your significantly better half, That's and right. you got to hang up with mine. And yep. I realized, I look at all the significant others, and I'm like, how did we get so blessed? I don't know People meet Michelle all the time Like wow Like how did that happen I'm like first of all I'm offended Secondly I totally get it <laughs> Thirdly Grace of God Yep Has no, to be
1: Yep absolutely I agree with you 100%. Amazing,
0: But it was Oh <laughs> Wow I, For my, myself se- My second for favorite myself. Chris My second Now Chris Tallman has gone up again <laughs> Chris Tolman's number one again Anyways uh, We have a wonderful guest In third chair today I'm so pumped So when you hear this music Yeah that's right Jazz music uh, you, you guys are going to love him. We got Skyler in the house, and I can confidently say for sure you're my favorite Skyler. Do you know any other Skylar? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Skylar, how's it going,
2: man? Well, I think I'm about to leave now. Okay, so. <laughs> come on. How are you, bro? You doing well? Yeah, I'm doing
0: good. Awesome. Doing good. Uh, you were at the Christmas party as well? I was at the Christmas um, party. So some people might not know, but Skylar's on staff. Tell us a little bit what you do here at uh, In Doubt and Good News Broadcast. Yes.
2: So I, I am one of the graphic designers here. Um, I made the lovely logo that you see behind Andrew. That fell. My baby. Yeah, Yeah, it fell. fell. Talk to us about that. (laughs) So the
0: little, uh, these shards of plastic actually, uh, the sign fell. I think it's because it's probably 900 degrees in here when we leave. Um, It gets very hot in here. Why does it get hot in here? Is it because all the doors are closed? Probably. And is there like a, anyways, uh, this thing fell and it broke. But Skylar came in with some Gorilla Glue. I saved the day. Save the day. With those gorillas. With those gorillas, man. I don't know why they call it that.
2: <laughs> they come, just a bunch of gorillas just come in here, man. They start doing their thing. That would be a
0: fantastic skit. <laughs> Comment below if you'd like to see us get in some gorilla outfits and glue stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. And
2: then my second job here is a content strategy. For yes. In doubt, so. For In Doubt. Yeah. I mean, we've been having
0: a, yeah. We've been having a great, great season together, bro. I love it. And how long have you been with the ministry? Been with us for coming up to a year now. Coming up to Actually, a year. We're out a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah a year. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Happy anna. Happy anniversary. Yay. Happy anniversary. Um, you're also a musician. Yes. Uh, so we have that jazz music. Do you appreciate yeah. jazz? Yeah, I like jazz. We say like one wrong chord. I'm a musician as well. One wrong chord is a mistake. Two wrong chords back to back is jazz music. Um, we uh, we <laughs> did. <laughs> I love jazz music. Jazz music. You're a musician as well. Actually, you play yep. music. So all of us are musicians. So we should start a gorilla band. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I said gorilla. <laughs> gorilla. I just, you know, it's a sticky situation. And uh, anyways, um, one Christmas at our old church, uh, I was a music pastor for 15 years. Um, and then I lost my hair. And I'm like, you know what? This is, is this worth it? No, it is worth it. Um, anyways, uh, we did. We said, let's do a jazz Christmas. I thought that'd be so pretty, like the Michael Buble vibes until I saw the chord charts. And I realized, <laughs> I don't think I'm a real yeah. musician. I think I just like G, D, C, and E minor. <laughs> and so um, uh, we got uh, Sabina, shout out if you're watching. I know you are. Um, she's uh, I played music with her for over 10 years. And um, she uh, scored out all the music. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what is this? <laughs> it was it was the hardest music the hardest christmas eve service i've ever done it but it was it was amazing when we got it and we had horns and clarinets and flutes and all that kind of stuff it was really fun but uh jazz, if you're a jazz musician i like to say you're an actual musician you're a real musician, you're a real oh, yeah. musician. us rockers <laughs> we're just we're just put on the distortion pedal you can't even hear all my yeah. mistakes just scream uh, <laughs> you know yeah. did you do you didn't do oh you did do screamo uh
2: no i did like heavy rock but actually you know i think i told you about this the other day uh now now the kids are calling it dad rock
0: i know that made me feel quite <laughs> old actually <laughs> oh, really it's like nirvana's
2: yep. dad yeah, rock Yeah, what nirvana's really? dad rock we now. did a little i wonder what the other stuff is like does like acdc now qualify as grandpa rock I guess it would. Let's, wouldn't it? let's make Grandpa Rock happen. Yeah. I like that.
0: <laughs> let's make Grandpa Rock great I again. I guess it's not like classic <laughs> rock. It's not classic <laughs> anymore. It's just vintage, antique. It's yeah, antique, yeah, yeah, yeah vintage. Did, yeah, man, we're getting old. Um, don't comment below on that. We we already know. <laughs> um, anyways, we have a great guest with us today, Jared C. Wilson. Um, this guy's a legend. I love this guy. He's written. He's working on his twenty sixth book with Zondervan, which is amazing. Um, but uh, I'll give you a little bit about his bio here. Because uh, some of it you can tell um, he wrote, some of it just kind of has his credentials, but he's an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author of residence at Midwest Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, he's preaching uh, and he's a staff on staff at the Pastoral Training Center at Liberty Baptist Church in Kansas City. Uh, award-winning author, 26 books. Uh, he has also the host of a podcast for the Church Podcast and co-hosts the Art of Pastoring Podcast which is uh, through Christianity Today. But here's uh, where he starts to write his bio. Jared is not a Catholic agent of change or a visionary anything. He is a failed church planner and once made a mess of his marriage. He likes food too much and worries way too much about what people think. And he's definitely not all that he's cracked up to be. After nearly 30 years of ministry, he's mainly learned that he's kind of a nincompoop. Is it nincompoop? (laughs) Or yeah, nincompoop. Yeah. Nin come poop. That's an amazing bio. That's an amazing bio, but he knows Jesus loves him. I really appreciated that because, you know, so many people who write these crazy bios and talk about all their things. And you even think about Paul, you know, the apostle Paul It's like, Hey man, like, I consider it all rubbish, Yeah, all the things. And so uh, when I read that, I'm like, we got to have this nin come poop on the show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Love this guy. He's so humble and doing so many amazing things for the kingdom which i love. And so we're going to be talking about some important stuff today, the significance of Christmas that is bigger than you think. And so let's uh let's let's dive into the interview and then we can uh, come back and discuss some of our thoughts. So cut to the interview. No, i can't do it, Marcus. Skyler.
2: No, yeah, Sch- Skylar? can <laughs> no, you do dude, any voices. You're not, you're not getting a lifeline on this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, we have Jared C. Wilson all the way, and you said Kansas City, Missouri. That's right, Kansas awesome. City, Missouri. Awesome. How you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, man. This is awesome that we get a chance to connect. I really appreciate your time. Um, you've done a lot of writing over, over the years. What are you working on these days? Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you're doing these days.
3: Yeah, um, Yeah, I'm privileged to serve at Midwestern Seminary, which is in Kansas City. Uh, I teach pastoral ministry there and serve as author and resident, so that keeps me uh, busy writing books all the time and blogs and articles and traveling and speaking and all that sort of deal. i um, also honored to serve at Liberty Baptist Church as one of the pastors. I serve as a staff pastor for preaching, and I direct a residency program there called the Pastoral Training Center. And um, yeah, I've been married to my wife, Becky, for 27 years. We have two daughters and um, yeah, that's what I'm currently working on. I'm always working on something. I've got a book right now. I think it's my 26th or 27th book that I'm currently writing wow. uh, for Zondervan. Okay. It's, uh, it's on uh, the dangers of drifting from gospel centrality.
0: Oh, come on, bro. When yeah. does that come out?
3: I th- it's supposed to come out I think early 2025.
0: Okay. We'll have to have yeah. you back, man. I feel like we talked okay. <laughs> we talk about that topic a lot um yeah, good. on the program. I just, you know, I get overwhelmed just seeing um, local churches and just places around even just online just kind of drifting away from you know, verse by verse teaching or different things and it just gets it's a slippery slope. Uh, yes. it gets dangerous very fast. So that's a very important book. And so we'll definitely have you back. We can walk through that together. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, I'd be glad to do it. That's awesome. Um, okay, so it's Christmas. We're leading up to Christmas, and um, it's chaotic. It's crazy. Uh, I have two little ones, and so, of course, presents is what they talk about all the time. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's the season where we, um, we're we buying things. We're maybe getting a little bit. We talked last week about consumerism and just materialism and just getting caught up in this commercialized Christmas. Um And so, you know, being a Middle Eastern descent, so my family's from Egypt, and they would always tell me that in Egypt, Easter is so big and Christmas is pretty minimal. Um, They really emphasize the cross, the resurrection, and celebrate it a lot more than they do Christmas. Um, But we were going to talk today about this reality that Christmas actually is significantly bigger than you think. Uh, you've written an article with Gospel Coalition um, and uh, just talking about how Christmas is actually more significant than you think. Why would you say to a young person today, hey, actually, Christmas is a big deal?
3: Yeah. Well, I think because we tend to um, sentimentalize it, number one, mm. uh, we treat Christmas like a uh, a cultural holiday or a cultural sort of you know, occasion more than we do sort of a theological reflection, and we miss, I think, the the important element of the good news that's that's there because we're expecting, uh, or, or we just treat it like a momentary sort of event. When really, it's the um, it's the momentary celebration of a eternal truth, which is of course uh, that God became flesh, that He incarnated a, as a man. So I. I think on that level, uh, we miss out. Um, I think on the other level, it's because uh, we're usually looking at other things at Christmas time or expecting other things to fulfill us or satisfy us, um, including lots of good things, right? I mean, the presents and the decorations and the songs. And I'm big on Christmas movies. My wife and I have like a whole stack of the Christmas movies with that we try to get through before we get to December 25th, you know, and how what order we're going to watch them in and all that sort of thing. These are all good things and good gifts, and yet, sometimes when we're so preoccupied with all of the trappings of Christmas, we can forget um, that it's much bigger than, than the wrapping paper that it even comes in, you know?
0: That's a good word, and I feel like that answers basically the question that I had written out here. Of Just, you know, sometimes we <laughs> go through the Christmas season, and, um, you know, we have this expectation that we're going to be filled with all this stuff, and then we kind of still feel empty. And I think it's yeah. because we fo- put our focus and our attention on all the traps you mentioned, which are good things, but they when they get out of their boundaries, you know, um, we still feel empty.
3: Yeah, we expect sometimes those things to do for us what really only the meaning can yeah. do for us. What the what the essence of Christianity can do for us. We expect the 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 symbols, the indications, the. The arrows that are pointing to Christ, we expect the arrows somehow to be fulfilling to us, and then of course we're bewildered when we get, you know, neck deep into Christmas season and 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 wonder why we still feel the same, or sometimes even why we, you know, feel worse. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, why? Yeah. Like, why am I so? You know, why am I so sad right now? Yeah. Why? You know, shouldn't sh- shouldn't Christmas be doing something for me that it's not that it's not doing?
0: Yeah, it's true. And I feel like, you know, and maybe we could speak into this, like I notice uh, depression and anxiety and loneliness and, you know, people lose loved ones and all of a sudden events like Christmas or, you know, other major, you know, cultural holidays that we celebrate, it gets magnified. Yeah, uh, The depression feels deeper and lonelier and you feel it just gets darker. Why do you think that happens in, in certain seasons
3: Well I think um, I think there's a couple of reasons for that as well. One I think is that um, we usually uh, are reflecting in a more you know spiritual way or just in a more um, more personal way than just the busyness of life hmm. right um, Most people have time off at, at Christmas even if it's busy. Uh, they're not usually thinking the same way they are about work and other things and and so they're thinking about family and they're thinking mm. about their life and uh, and to some extent thinking about the end of the year as a kind of point of of rest and relaxation we we look at Christmas time as kind of like the annual holiday vacation the same way we look at the weekend during the rest of the year or, or even you know our our vacation days. if I could just get to, yeah. Friday and whew, i can put this stuff behind me and things will be great and i can find a really you know relax or if i can just get to you know the beach in Florida that you know that week in july then i'll be able to kind of you know reset and decompress and and all those sorts of things and then we get there and we realize man the the stuff that we've been carrying up to that point it was so heavy and so big that it takes longer you know the, the week doesn't do what we thought it would do or If you're like me, it it takes a few days even to get into vacation mode. You know, I usually have to add a few days on the front or back into, you know, of a vacation to even actually enjoy it. So you get to Christmas and the expectation is, oh, I'll finally feel, you know, I can rest, I can let my hair down, I can relax. And what happens is all of the weight of the things we've been avoiding or kind of kicking down, you know, kicking the can down the road a little bit during the year, suddenly we have time to think about. And um, and when you have to think about things and face your thoughts about things, um, you start to feel real feelings. You can't, you know, quite medicate, you know, those things um, anymore. And then the other reason, of course, is I think we expect Christmas to somehow make us feel better. Christmas is supposed to be fun celebratory, joyous, etc. and so the contrast we may not feel really um are, you know we we may not be actually more sad than we normally are it's just in contrast of how we think we should feel at christmas time we feel more sad because we think this is the time where i should not be sad or this is the time where i you know should feel hopeful yeah. and it only exacerbates our sense of of loneliness or even anxiety or things like that
0: That's a great way of putting it where it's like these two almost opposite ends. We finally get a chance to stop and rest and think and gather our thoughts and all the things we've been carrying all year finally catch up to us. And then we have Mm -hmm. this expectation that we're supposed to be happy and filled with joy and the Christmas lights and all the stuff. (laughs) And it's like, oh man, that's like, those are polar opposites and that's hard to to deal with. Um, I see that. I, I mean, for me, especially when it starts to snow, And things get very quiet, and you can just kind of when you go for a walk, and it's just everything's deadened. And I just love the peacefulness of the snow. Yeah. And I see so much of God in nature. Um, But, you know, what are some things that we can help young people with then? So Christmas is coming, and we're going to have an opportunity to stop, to rest, but things are going to catch up to us. What's a healthy way for us to engage with what? comes when we finally take a moment to unplug
3: yeah I, somewhat counterintuitively i would say um, don't give in to the instinct to cover up or medicate that feeling the the, mm. the probably the worst thing that we could do when we have time alone with our thoughts or just time to actually face our thoughts is to is to kind of run away from it uh, to jump back into what's going on on our phones or whatever else um, which is what we normally do mm-hmm. and then if we have more time over the holidays we just do it ev- even more I'm gonna you know have my nose in social media or something like that to kind of distract me yeah Th- that's what our impulse says to do but that will actually only in the end make things worse the best thing to do is to actually um, first of all s- face the issue feel what you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your your feelings aren't everything, and 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 certainly feelings are. You know, shouldn't be the, um, you know, the steering wheel of of, of our lives, uh, or even of our thinking. Uh, but they tell us something important, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't need to run away from those feelings. The first thing is to is to, in a way, interrogate. You know, to name it. What is it that I'm feeling? Well, I feel alone and that makes me feel disconnected and that makes me feel lonely and that makes me feel maybe forgotten or overlooked or that makes me feel like people don't love me maybe, or just press into what the feeling is. First Hmm. of all, um, name it and then, and then really interrogate it. Is this, is this correct? Is it telling me the whole story? Because, um, chances are the feeling isn't telling us the whole truth about things. It's telling us some, Little truths uh, about ourselves or our situation, but usually not the entire truth. And then the most important thing, perhaps, after we've actually, you know, tried to get our arms around this feeling, we name it and interrogate it, is we turn it over to the Lord. We yeah. we ask God, you know, help me with this. I don't know what to do. Um, you know, maybe there's not a practical solution. Maybe you're alone because actually, physically, you're apart from family. Or your friends have all gone to their families for Christmas, or something like that. Um, there may not be a practical solution to that, but you can, uh, knowing that there is a God who knows you and loves you, mm-hmm. and from whom you could never be separated. Knowing that He is with you, you can turn it over to Him and say, "Help me with this, Lord. I, I don't know what to do with this feeling. Um, it, you know, it it's uh, threatening to to rule my heart. It's threatening to make me lose hope. It's." whatever the case is we have so many you know so many uh, biblical evidences of the reality that we can turn any of our our negative feelings um over to god he mm-hmm. can be trusted with those things yeah. and 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 he can take them
0: he's not afraid of them he's not afraid of us to no, be that, real uh, when you read through exactly the psalms right. and you read how david he just he's expressed this is how i feel like you know he's not afraid of our deepest emotions and thoughts and feelings that's a, good, that's a good word. Uh, what practices do you think we can help people incorporate in their lives this Christmas season to help them stay connected and cling closer to Christ and maybe less to um, or bringing their feelings to Christ and less being consumed with all the other stuff that will leave them empty at the end of the season?
3: Yeah, I mean, the most important thing is that we carve out time to sit and be still. Hmm. Um, What often happens is some of us have more time, more margin during the holidays, and we just very eagerly fill that with fun things or to-do items. We've got Christmas parties coming up and family coming into town and Christmas shopping to do and all those sorts of things. And we start to fill in all the gaps with stuff. And it may not be work, it may be more fun things, but it's still, we're filling it up and, and it's actually keeping us from just being still, mm. you know, taking intentional moments um, to meditate on on the good news. And so there's no real, there's no magic formula, there's yeah. no magic beans to feeling the bigness of Christmas in a way you ought to. It's the tried and true means of reading God's word and spending time in prayer and, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel here. And you don't need to, I don't think even, you know, bite off more than you can chew um, just to be intentional and to actually, you know, make a, um, a, a time, set apart a time mm-hmm. that's intentionally and purposely for this. Don't think, oh, I'll get around to it or when, you know, when the spiritual feelings come, I'll do that or, you know, with the leftover time, I'll have, no, like make a plan to say, for 30 minutes in the morning or an hour in the evening, whatever it is, like put it into your mental calendar or in in your actual calendar to say, this is when I'm going to slow down. I'm going to be still. I'm going to ask the Lord to help me. I'm going to read his word. Um, I'm going to, you know, seek to apply that to my heart. Um, I think that's the major problem we have at Christmas time is it's, it it should, you know, a holiday should be a time of rest in some ways and feasting. And it is, I guess, in some ways, but we just, turn it into something so busy and, yeah. and and so hurry that it actually works at cross purposes with what it it's really all about. Yeah.
0: So instead of hurry and busy and chaos, stop, dwell, rest. Yeah. Opposite. So we have to be very counter-cultural as believers because it's so easy to get sucked into what culture has created Christmas to be. Yeah. Do you have any specific things that you do with your family that helps you guys stay in line with healthy rhythms?
3: Yeah, you know, I think one of the more difficult things is knowing what to opt out of. Hmm. Um, when there's just so many opportunities, you know, there's so many things to do. And they may not even be like cultural things that, um, you know, worldly things, I guess I should say. They're not necessarily bad things. It's just there's so many things that are offered. Hmm um you know, you sometimes you have to disappoint people by saying no to in order to protect um, the time you have as a family. So I mean, we've done this not just at Christmas but you know, at, at other times as well from when our kids were little is we just we prioritize uh, you know the life of the church um, over even other important things like school calendar and other things like that. Um, so if there's an event that the school is putting on and it happens to interfere with, uh, you know, Sunday services or or something like that. Um, we say no. I mean, our, our first priority is the people of God. Mm. And that may be a good and important thing that we have an opportunity to do uh, um, otherwise, but it comes second to being with the people of God. But there are other things as well. Maybe you just have a big family, and there's so many opportunities, and there's so many invitations, and um, you feel guilty at some point of having to say no. But if it means protecting your immediate family, mm. certainly if it means protecting your soul um, to not be so busy, I know we hate saying no to good things, but sometimes we have to say no to good things in order to protect mm. the priority of the best thing, of of, of the God thing um, in our lives. So that's kind of something I think um, we ought to look at, and certainly just along the lines of prioritizing uh, prioritizing church, like make time to to gather with the people of God. It's likely that your church will have a Christmas Eve service. Um, it's likely that your church will meet on Christmas Eve morning, even if it's in a, a shortened way because of the holiday. Um, you know, don't short shrift that. Remember mm-hmm. that that being with the people of God, exalting the risen Christ, the uh, celebrating the incarnation of God with the people that He has created as His yeah. new, as as the new humanity. That's more important, actually, than even opening presents or any of those things.
0: Absolutely, man. That's so good. And I love how you talk about, you know, it's not just a Christmas thing. Even when we talk about consumerism last week and materialism and just getting so caught up in stuff, its we're learning more and more. It's not a Christmas issue. It's just yeah. our issue that maybe gets a little bit magnified during the Christmas season, but we actually struggle with all year. Uh, Same thing applies when it comes to resting, stopping, dwelling, observing, um, having healthy practices. Uh, We can do them now during the Christmas season, but like you were saying with your family, there are some things that you've done. It's not just a Christmas thing. It's it's really an all-year tradition and an all-year environment of making sure we're on the right track, 365 days, not just leading up to Christmas Eve. And so how can a slow and steady beholding of Jesus through prayer, through scripture, um, how does that impact us? How does that experience impact us in Christmas, but also all year? Why is that so important?
3: Yeah, this is really amazing, the spiritual dynamic at play, because if you're looking in particular at the New Testament, although there's, of course, some Old Testament um, references and allusions to this dynamic as well. But if you're looking at the New Testament, how how it lays out the way people are changed, the way Well, to use an Old Testament reference, the psalmist talks about his heart was enlarged. Right? Mm. Um, You know, today we talk about your heart enlarging; that's a medical condition. But he's (laughs) speaking—he's speaking spiritually—that his heart would be enlarged. You know, would have an enlarged capacity for worship and for beholding the glory of Jesus. Well, in the New Testament, we get some some specifics about how that takes place. How do I get a bigger heart for God? Mm. How do I become transformed in in the kind of way that I need to be transformed spiritually? Um, Paul says, for instance, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, that it's by beholding the glory of, of Christ that we are transformed from one degree of glory into another, mm. into the same likeness. In other words, somehow beholding Jesus helps us become like Jesus. Beholding is becoming in mm. some way. So to to intentionally stare at the glory of Christ, to really slow down and intentionally look at Jesus hmm. to look intently at Jesus is how we become more like Jesus it's not going to happen by osmosis just sort of going through the motions and on some kind of discipleship autopilot we we have to actually intentionally um, gaze upon the beauty of Christ and there's a thousand different ways to do that of course um, but in the scriptures in in the worship gathering just in our own hearts and in our in, in our own mind's eye to be able to think about and contemplate the wonder of who Jesus is and, and what he has done for us on the cross and out of the tomb. Thinking about that, mulling that over, stewing in that, mm-hmm. that's the uh, the mechanism by which the Bible says that we, we get bigger ourselves. We become more glorious ourselves.
0: Oh man, so beautiful. And, and so beautiful to do again all year. But may mm-hmm. we start now. And may it be something that we continue through 2024? Because that is a trans- life change. It's life changing. When we do that, it's life changing. That's so beautiful. Um, in what ways can the concept of Christmas being bigger than you think um, inspire a renewal sense of awe and wonder
3: this Christmas? Yeah, you know, so this week uh, as we record this, I'm uh, prepping for this coming Sunday sermon at our church. And I'm looking at uh, Luke chapter one, verses 39 through 55, which includes Mary's song, often called the uh, Magnificat. Um, it's, it's her song in response to, um, you know, yeah, just rejoicing at the wonder hmm. that she is been spiritually impregnated uh, uh, with the son of God that she's carrying in her womb, God in the flesh. And, the, the the theme that kind of runs throughout, not just her song, but the, the conversation with Elizabeth that comes right before it, is this just wonder, this sort of um, humbling of like that the God of the universe would condescend to use me in such an amazing way that he would take – a humble, lowly, poor, nobody virgin and put the Son of God, uh, conceive the Son of God in her womb, that we take and we specialize and say, that's Christmas. And it is because it's about the incarnation of God. And that's a one-time wondrous thing. And yet it's a picture, and her song is a picture, of the gospel why is Christmas bigger than we think? Well, if 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 the God of the universe could inhabit something the size uh, you know so small you can't even see it with the naked eye um, at first um, or but even at birth that that God would be in a baby, that a baby would be God that's proof that the Holy Spirit can take up residence in any sinner mm. and that the presence of Christ could indwell any rotten sinner and, and I think it's so important even you know contrary to what our Roman Catholic friends uh, would argue that that Mary had to be a sinless vehicle to carry mm. the Son of God and I don't, you know, in my mind, the logic is is sort of like, well, how far back would you take that? If Mary had to be sinless and had to have an immaculate conception, then why not her mother? And then why not her mother? And why not her mother? And so on and so forth. But when we acknowledge that, yes, Mary was blessed and Mary was a godly woman, there's mm-hmm. no, certainly no questioning that. I don't think, um, but she's a, a sinner nevertheless, and yet God condescended to fill her. Mm. That means that um, any any dirtbag like me or you, um, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, could have could have the presence of Christ inside yeah. of us, which is what He promised He would do in His high priestly prayer and and elsewhere that we have Christ inside our hearts uh, by faith. Th- that's how Christmas is bigger than we think it is. Yeah, it's not just a seven day, thirty day, you know, sentimental theological. Commemoration—it's mm-hmm. an eternal reality that the God of the universe would even fill people like us.
0: What a man! It's a—it's a good re, its a good reminder. Hey, it's not just a birthday; our mm-hmm. lives are transformed by this one moment. And uh, talk about a little bit the significance between—you know—you can't celebrate Christmas without thinking about Easter. Um, so it's not just. A happy birthday, but there's yeah. a you can't you can't celebrate one without the other because Easter is a big deal, and so that obviously makes Christmas even bigger than you think.
3: Yeah, well, and not you know Easter and the Easter uh, the Easter calendar, right? So Good Friday as well. I mean, the, the fact that you know God put skin on and came to Earth wasn't just so He could teach us in person. He did do that, and it wasn't just to perform miracles, even though He did do that as well. He came that he might submit himself as a sacrifice. He came to die. His mission was different than even his contemporaries expected, even his friends expected. They thought, you know, the Messiah is coming to overthrow the Roman, you know, occupation and get rid of the oppressors and establish a literal Jewish government now to reestablish a literal nation and that sort of thing. And he's he's doing that but on a bigger scale it's bigger than they thought it's bigger yeah. than than we think he's actually overthrowing the powers and principalities he's actually overthrowing the forces of wickedness themselves and and he's even rolling back injustice and 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 you know he's inaugurating a kingdom that will be eternal in expectation of his second coming so when he comes the first time he, his intention is to overthrow not through military force but to overthrow through a death on the cross to actually triumph over the powers um, at the cross and cancel the record of debt of, of sin that stands against um, those who would trust in Him, and then of course the Easter event, the resurrection, which is sort of the vindication of all that has come before, the ratification that, that uh, of all that's come before. So it it is a package deal in the same sense that with Christ we have you know of course thirty three give or take years on earth. And yet He is eternal. Um, the Son of God is eternal, and and that means He has always existed, and He will always exist, and that means that His kingdom is eternal. Um, the the Christmas event is just sort of the poignant reminder of, mm. of what God is doing through His kingdom for all time.
0: So good, man. And I feel like it's interesting that people in His day were expecting it to look a certain way, and it really looked the opposite. They're expecting, like you said, military, just this big force and this, you know, power, and it just—it literally was the opposite.
3: Yeah, but bigger even than that. I mean, what they saw, right? What they visually see is is smaller than that. Yeah. But what he's actually doing spiritually is a million times bigger than that, right? Yeah. They just needed the eyes to see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's perspective what they were seeing it looked insignificant what's actually going down was just ginormous in comparison yeah that's crazy yes that's heavenly so cool. yes heavenly praise god man praise god um we'll wrap up with this question as we as we think of all those who are watching we have some great insight great wisdom from you today i really appreciate it just kind of getting our perspective getting our focus understanding the significance of this time and how we can live out some of these healthy rhythms, not just during Advent, not just for a Christmas Eve service, but all year around we can create these new traditions and new rhythms uh, with our families uh, in engaging and being in awe of who God is. So for the people who are struggling with loneliness this year, and, you know, we talk about joy, peace, hope love and there's just hopelessness and there's depression and people feel no love and no joy, um, what are some practical things that we can um, tell some of the young people who are watching today um, to help them experience the love, hope, joy, and peace that Jesus does offer?
3: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give one practical um, thing we can do and then one kind of spiritual reflection, I think, about it. The, the practical thing, what a lot of people will say is just don't be alone. Go be with other people, and and, and certainly that's important. Um, it it is good to be with others, and it's good to spend time with family and friends. You know, for a long time there was um, kind of a, um, the cliche was that at at Christmas time, um, at, at, at holidays like the number of, of people who take their own lives you know increases and those sorts of things. And what we've d- learned is that that's actually not true, it um, because people are with others more. Hmm. Uh, um, you know, they're with family, they're with friends a little more intently. Um, but what we also know is being with others, right? That the first, you know, the first uh, ideas will just don't be alone. But what we also know is just being with other people doesn't solve the feeling of loneliness, does it? In fact, hmm. sometimes it can exacerbate it, depending on who we're spending time with. Hmm. Um in in, in in some ways, being with others may, um, you know, heighten our sense of feeling uh, alone or our sense of loneliness, especially if we don't feel known by mm. those people or if we don't feel safe with those people. If, if it's not okay to be vulnerable with those people, it can actually make our sense of loneliness, um, you know, get bigger or feel worse. So here's my practical um uh, you know suggestion is, is not just to be with other people I do think that's good but it's to be with other people in a way that is helping others a way of serving others find a, an outlet for service whether that's with people you know like with in your church or um, in some ministry you're connected to um, or, or or people you don't know maybe in your neighborhood uh, or maybe an impoverished neighborhood that you can you know find a way s- to serve meals, uh, find a way to to practically serve you know older folks, maybe in your neighborhood or others? Are there people who need help, you know, putting up decorations or with baking or with yard work or something like that? Um, is there is there a um, a soup kitchen or a homeless shelter or some other place where you can serve? There's something about the work of service that kind of gets us outside of ourselves. Hmm. And at the same time, I think the Lord has put in our hearts a a pleasure center. Uh, about decentering ourselves it, it it goes against our flesh but when we in the spirit of christ serve others it actually gives us a feeling of satisfaction a feeling of of joy so that would be my practical thing is to somehow get outside of yourself a little bit um, sacrifice something to serve other people to love others the spiritual reflection is simply this your feelings are important like i said earlier and um it 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 doesn't do to deny that like right? you know it's not the right thing to do if you feel lonely anxious even depressed the spiritual thing is not to sort of grin and bear it or to you know fake it until you make it or you know just put a happy face on and act like you're not depressed or any something like that but actually to face that feeling mm. and remember that the feeling isn't everything that the Lord is near you, whether you feel him or not. The Bible says he is closer than our next breath. Um, it's in him that we live and move and have our being. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind you know anyone who feels that way or any negative feeling, the Lord is not controlled by your negative feelings. And he's not determined by your negative feelings. And there's no amount of uh, fear or loneliness or depression or despair or anger or anything like that. That we can feel that would put him at, at, at even arm's length from us, much less miles and miles from us. He is always close. He is always near. He is always God with us, mm-hmm. and he he cares for us. He 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 really does. He's not turned off by our feelings like like others might be, and and others often are. Um, we can't um, we can't run him off, which. In my experience, is good news uh, because I've run off a lot of people just by being me. um, But I can't get rid of God. He's um, He's 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 made of of stronger stuff than that. He's actually not made of anything, but He's He's stronger than (laughs) that, Um, and and He'll stick by you no matter what.
0: Amen. Praise God, man. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for making time for us, and we pray all the best for your ministry. Uh, pastorally, all your writings. I uh, pray a blessing over you and your family this Christmas season, and uh, thank you so much for spending time with us today.
3: Yeah, thank you, brothers. I was glad to do it. All right, that was a fantastic
0: interview. I mean, he is not an income poop. No. I love that guy. Yeah, he's um, really good. It's such a great conversation. Good guy. Love his heart for people and for the church. Um, what are some big takeaways uh for you guys? I'll start with eeny meeny miny Skyler. Oh it's because I got
2: the book out. Yeah, he's got, he's got, got the, the, the book
0: out. He had a pen. I saw him taking notes. This guy's just uh, uh yeah, yeah. getting all our content <laughs> sorted out. Hallelujah. It's my, it's my uh it's my back to the Bible book. Book nice. two because I work. Oh, okay. Whoa. Ben, did you hear that? You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> he actually has really big font. <laughs> yeah
2: uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> anyways um yeah one of the one of the points I took away was uh one of the things he said at the end there where he was talking about uh how God is uh closer or nearer nearer mm. to us this season for those who feel alone. I was thinking about um, one of the last episodes that we just did with um, Scott Tolhurst. Uh, yes, where he was mentioning uh, that like it's always sunny in BC, and you were like, "What?" And then you know he. Started, I did look like an idiot. Yeah, a like no, well, it's not. Dude, oh, you're on the island, dude. He Hi. played you there. He, he played he me. Played so you. Scott, if
0: you're watching, you <laughs> played me so hard, bro.
2: But yeah, he was talking about the su- it's always sunny in BC, and it's just like, well, yeah, if you remove the veil of like the clouds or like the rain that you usually. Yep what's it called now the atmospheric river is that what they're saying yeah
0: or atomic drizzling the other day i was uh, i made that one up but it was it was disastrous on the freeway
2: but it was like yeah it was just like even if you even if you don't feel like he's there with you that this Mm. season like he's closer than you think yeah arm's length away so i thought that was kind of cool
0: yeah i love that it's a good reminder because you know even for me um actually this is a fun fun fact yesterday marked the one year anniversary of my last panic attack Oh, nice. Oh, man. December that's 4th. amazing. Yep. And so, I mean, we're going to air this a little bit later, but um, yeah, it's like one year anniversary. So, But when I was in that deep, 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 dark season for like 10 or 11 months, um, there were moments where he did seem absent. And then there were moments where I felt him closer than my breath, like uh, Jared was talking about. And it's just a good reminder for those who are watching. Maybe you're struggling with depression or anxiety or loneliness. He is close. He's with you. I loved how Scott said that a few weeks ago. Go back and watch that one. What was the title of that one? Experience? Uh, I know, oh Theology Enhances Experience. Yeah. With Scott Tolhurst, That was a great conversation. Yeah. But um, know that you're not alone. Know that he's closer um, than you realize. And that's a, that's a blessing when we can understand that. That was a really good point.
2: Yeah.
0: I liked how he was talking about um, just this realization that, yeah, surrounding yourself with people um, just to surround yourself with people. <laughs>
1: yeah that was a might good, not
0: necessarily help
1: but surrounding yourself with people and doing something yes to do good or yeah. to help mm-hmm. yeah i thought that was it yeah insightful and a good practical yeah. tip
0: because like he, he mm-hmm. mentioned like you know you can surround yourself with people that can actually cause more harm yeah than good because it might you know illuminate even more that you're feeling lonely or you don't mm-hmm. feel seen or loved and it kind of Makes you spiral.
2: Could so, be the type of people too. Well, the again, type, yeah, yeah. like
1: family dynamics yeah.
0: and stuff. Family dynamics, right. or just like. your friends, and maybe they're into things that you shouldn't be into. So it just kind of takes you even farther away from the Lord. Yep. And so being intentional with who you are doing life with and find something that you can do together, helping neighbors, going to a soup kitchen, all that kind of stuff. There are so many opportunities, even thinking locally here with a lot of ministries helping homeless. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's so many opportunities to do. Um, good services and, mm-hmm. and serve with people you love. So I thought that was very helpful too.
2: Yeah.
1: And he was also making, he he made a big deal of it, which I, I liked the, the idea of being intentional about slowing down. Yes. Like he mentioned that a few times, mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite of how most of us feel at this time of the year. Yep,
0: I mean, I know he gave us some pointers, but how do we like intentionally slow down?
1: And he said, Say no, right? Say no. Say no to say no. all the... To a lot of good things. It, yeah, it made me think of certain people I know. It's like the FOMO, right? Yeah. The fear of missing out, Yeah, which is, yeah. you know, in some ways kind of a joke, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. You know, But at this time of year, I mean, that's very real, right? You yeah. want to do all the things, and you think that they're going to make you feel better yeah. or more in the... And I mean, I guess some things could make you more in the Christmas yeah. spirit, sort of. Totally. But...
2: I thought that was just so
1: cool, yeah. where he's talking about like how he prioritized his church,
2: like even mm-hmm. over like some school events yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. At the
0: time I'm just like, wow, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know a lot of like people who like would prioritize, like you know, if they're in sports and yeah. a bunch of stuff, like church becomes like, oh no, we can't go to church on Sunday because we have like a game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so to hear that saying, like you know, school, other big things, second in comparison. Yeah. So again, doing community with people who are like minded and on a mission you know that helps Mm -hmm. that was really cool yeah yeah and i mean i when i had my anxiety and all that stuff i had last year you know i was forced to stop and rest Mm. it was go 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 and i loved the busyness and i loved the chaos and so i pray that people don't wait till you hit the wall don't be forced to stop but find rhythms say no to things uh, the significance of observing Christ. Yeah, And like the more we look at him, the more we become like him. I just love that. The more we behold, the more beholding is becoming, he said. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And that's really important for us to just focus our attention on Christ this year and just try. It's so countercultural to run away from the chaos and yep. the busyness. It's going to take a lot of effort. And, and this fear of missing out, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other points I was bringing up uh,
2: about what his conversation was, um, where he was talking about like God's humility and like uh, just like Jesus being like born as a human is more than just his birthday, you know, coming like coming from like a line of sinners. Like it was the Bible verses that I, uh, I was All mentioning the to you. begotten. Where f- it was just like son of, son of, son of, yeah. but it was just like some dummy, idiot, <laughs> prostitute. Like
0: <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of people in his genealogy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah. lineage wasn't really something that was yeah. just like, oh yeah, no, he's like born from the great of the greats. So it was, yeah. like, no, he was born from the low of the lows. Yep, yep.
0: And yeah. that reminds us again, and he and Jared talked about as well, like how amazing even that you know Mary conceives Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we did have an episode on Catholicism, and we talked about you know this idea that they believe she's sinless, but. How far back would that go? I, I I thought that was an interesting point, but I like the beauty of the reality that yes, she was godly, um, and God saw something in her. Of course, to choose her, but we all fall short, and it's just a good reminder that that means the Holy Spirit could dwell in us and choose us and fill us. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What are
1: you about to say? I'm. I'm wondering, did God see something in Mary to make Him choose her? Huh. Goes back to the whole like. Oh yeah. He equips those. He. Oh chooses, yeah, yeah. But he,
2: Whatever you yeah. say, you
0: will be condemned for. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages from Logos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might be. I might be wrong in that. No, that's a good question. <laughs>
0: that's a good question. I wish I had my. Oh, our phone is gone. Yeah. In the new year, we'll grab the phone. <laughs> We're gonna call Doctor John. Did he uh, talk about yeah. that at all?
1: I don't know. if Has he, he is, talked he's about that at all? Mentioned that before.
0: Hmm. It's a good thought. Marcus is looking at me and kind of smiling because he's like, "Wish no, he I had just that." Imagine you shaking the tree and falling <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> Should I tra- shake the tree and see if he comes from behind it? No, we, instead we've of like, broken enough stuff. This we've like, broken enough stuff. Yeah, the sign We'll crowd. have like
2: uh, instead of like Elf on a Shelf, we'll have John on a Shelf he will be up there, dude. You'll be you'll be up.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! How hard is that to edit, Marcus? <laughs> Christmas, twenty twenty four. We're gonna have John on the shelf. Doctor John on the shelf. <laughs> the doctor. Anyways, um, that is a good point, though. Was there something significant in her that God saw, or did, was she randomly selected? Well, there's nothing random. Everything is pre-very yeah, sovereign, uh, meticulous sovereignty. Yeah. So, um, good thought.
1: Like yeah, God chose her despite of yes. who she is.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Which makes it, it all the more beautiful. Be, yeah. That makes more sense because yeah. God chooses us and calls yeah. and equips us mm-hmm. despite. Yeah. Even thinking of my story playing music. When, when God called me to music ministry, I did not play an instrument. I never played mm-hmm. guitar and never sang. So it's not about my gifting or like what I was able to do. Mm-hmm. He just saw a humble kid who just wanted to serve him and equipped mm-hmm. me. Exactly. I think
2: obedience would be the takeaway there. for sure. And also, I mean, like speaking of providence too, I don't think an angel would have appeared to someone who would have said, oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but like (laughs) I'd say a little bit of providence, a little bit of obedience.
0: Yeah, Yeah. providence, obedience. Yeah, God is so meticulously sovereign and um, it's just a beautiful reality for us as well. That No matter what we do, our highs, lows, successes, failures, when we fall short uh, or when we do well. God is just so good, and he calls us according to his purposes. Ephesians 2.10, where God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Not about us. He calls us. He equips us. Mm-hmm. Um, any other major takeaways? No, dude. I'm closing my book. This hey, guy's closed his book. book. i done. It's- uh, it was a great conversation. And, yeah. uh, you know, we have some resources about Jared. You can uh, go to indel.ca episode sources and uh, get some of that information. But uh, we hope you enjoyed today's program, and we will see you next week. God bless you guys. Remember, slow down, rest, unplug, say no to things, and uh, behold Christ this week. God bless you guys. Thanks for watching
1: The Endowed Show. We are sad to see you go. Please subscribe and like our channel so you're always in the know. The Endout Show. For exclusive content, you can also become an Endout Insider by following the link in the description down below. <laughs>